Hey there, folks. This is David opposing the Matrix. How are you today? I'm going to raise this up a little bit so it doesn't look like I'm looking down at the counter. Okay. Oh, boy, what a day. Um, actually, it's a pretty good day. I hope you had a good day, too, today. So, Or whenever you listen to this, that you've had a good day before or the day after, whatever. Um, just be blessed in Yeshua's name. Okay. Um, the last time I was on, I was talking about how um, how the enemy wants to change us, how they our enemies want to change us, basically. Uh, they want to use the shot to turn us into something else. They want to use, uh, you name it, the New Age wants to um, have us change our vibratory level because our vibratory level isn't right. And then once we do that, we'll be at an elevated mankind, uh, spiritual evolution will be raised up a step, uh, so on and so forth. Um, and uh, even the world, well, the world has always wanted to make make people like itself. You know, um, if you're not a believer, you are a part of the world, so you don't have to worry about that. You're, you're, you're living your purpose for right now, um, and unless you come to Yahweh. And uh, he changes everything in you, which is uh, highly advisable. And I did that myself, and so did Brian and a lot of other people uh, throughout the millennia. Um, but uh, everybody wants us to change because uh, they, in fact, uh, we came to the conclusion that uh, we, in fact, are the uh, creation of Yahweh. We're made in his image. We talked about what that meant. And um, being in his image, uh, the uh, <laughs> everything that's of this world, in this world, and um, in the spiritual world, other than Yahweh's uh, presence and his uh, his beings, um, uh, they, they don't like us because we're in the presence or we're in the the image of uh, Yahweh. And uh, they try to do everything they can to try to get us to get out of that, which, you know, just is an affront to Yahweh and um, I, I would rather not anger or disappoint with my race relationship with him. I don't want to disappoint him. I'm not worried about angering him, um, but um, I don't want to disappoint him because he's invested a lot in me and I just want to uh, re make that return, so to speak. You know, I want to be his dividend, so to speak. Um, so tonight, what I want to look at um, well, a couple things. Uh, the the main thing we're going to look at is um, our uh, the scripture says that life is in the blood, okay, and we, we can take that to mean a lot of things. But uh, Yahweh has created us to where um, we're corporeal beings, and uh, being that way, corporeal meaning that we're made out of flesh and blood, and the blood flows through our veins and it keeps us alive and stuff like that. But uh, um, and being that the case, we have to, uh, we have to honor the different things that Yahweh has set up for corporeal beings. Okay. And, and those are his laws. Okay. Uh, take the 10 commandments, for example, uh, the, the natural laws even, uh, follow the 10 commandments. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's innately built into every human being not to kill, uh, to feel bad about lying. Um, some people get seared consciences and they don't have to worry about that anymore, uh, which is, you know, a terrible state to be in. Um, but uh, for the most part, we're all 
most of us, I should say, there are sociopaths and psychopaths and, and evil personages that are born, people that are born to perdition that uh, cannot feel because they don't have a conscience like you and I have. Uh, Yahweh built that conscience into us, but there are people that are born to perdition. That's scripture says it, and I believe it, and that settles it. Um, so uh, that being the case, uh, we have to do everything we can to try to live uh, morally. Okay, now if you don't know Yeshua as your Lord and Savior, you can try to live morally, uh, and you may be successful to some degree, but that doesn't get you into heaven. Okay. And it doesn't get you to know the Father, which is really important to me. You know, it's like, uh, what, what is more important than having a personal relationship with the creator of everything that exists? You know, um, not some cosmic being out there that supposedly is part of a triad or a, a six-pack or whatever that that runs the universe, but no, the creator of the universe, uh, through whom, which, uh, if he hadn't created the universe, nothing would exist. I wouldn't be talking to you. And, uh, well, a lot of things more serious than that. Um, anyway, so let me, um, if you would entertain me here, let's, uh, let's go to, uh, real quick. Cause I want to explain what the crux of this is. Okay. Where I'm coming from here. And, of course, what it did is it went ahead and went right to the beginning. <laughs> okay, let's see. I think I found it. Okay. All right, let me see here. Make sure I got it out. Oh, there it is. I did save it. Okay. And I want to start with here. Yeah, with verse 10, Leviticus 17.10. Now, I know some of you are believers, and you're saying, oh, we don't live by Leviticus anymore. Well, yeah, we kind of do, because Leviticus tells us the penalties for murder. It tells us not to sleep with our close relatives, and we all do those things, right? So, <laughs> And not to mention that Yeshua said that uh, we had to live under the law, but we won't go into that, okay? We can live under the law, but under grace at the same time, and a lot of people can't kind of put that those two things together but it is true okay um you'll never be able to fulfill the law but um, you're supposed to try to live it um okay now if i haven't lost you because i got a feeling that some people just click their off buttons and uh and that's okay but uh, that's a subject we can we can approach later on and talk about that you know um i mean if you don't follow the law you're not gonna go to hell as far as i know but it just makes living life a lot more fulfilling. I don't know. It just, it's just hard to explain. Um, anyway, so in Leviticus 17, it says, and, who's, and whatsoever man there be in the house of Israel or of the strangers that sojourn with you, that eateth any manner of blood, I will set my face against that soul that eateth blood and will cut him off from among his people. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for the blood that take it for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Therefore, I have said unto the children of Israel, No soul of you shall eat blood, neither shall any stranger that sojourneth with you eat blood. And let's see. Okay, and whatso or excuse me, whatsoever man. 
there be of the children of Israel or of the strangers that sojourn with you, which ha- with um, which hunteth and catcheth any beast or fowl, that he may, may be eaten, he shall even pour out the blood thereof and cover it with dust. And I don't know if you know any hunters, folks, but there's lots of hunters around here. And that's the first thing you do when you when you shoot a deer or um, an antelope or something like that, um, an elk. You dress it. And most most people dress their their um, their kills out in the field. And what they do is they usually find a tree, a good strong tree, and they'll hang that that animal up uh, in the tree, head down, and they usually cut like the juggler veins of the animal, and all the blood drains out. Because the blood starts to get kind of funky in the body after the body dies, and it corrupts the meat and everything else, and it's not a good taste, trust me. Um, so. The blood is even drained out by hunters, okay? Um, And we won't get into how you should cook your meat and everything. That's another discussion for another day. Um, But I do see a lot of grace in that, okay? Um, I just want you to know that. So uh, the few more that we're planning on clicking the off button, don't do that. Um, So anyway, we, we see that Yahweh is very concerned with the blood and that the blood is the life of the body. Okay, and it is true because uh, in the human body, as well as any mammal and reptiles for sure and stuff, um, the blood carries oxygen to the body and also carries nourishment to the body. And without those two things, the body dies. So um, you have healthy blood, you'll have a healthy body. Um, about two years ago, I, I um, came down with sepsis, and that's uh, basically blood poisoning or yeah, it is blood poisoning. It's um, an infection of the blood. Uh, there's there was bacteria in my blood, and and I was told. Now I don't know. I, I might even have dreamed this in the hospital room, but I was told by the nurse that I came kind of close that time. And um, but you know they they pumped me full of antibiotics and cleaned the blood up and everything else, and everything was fine after that. But um, had they not, I wouldn't be talking to you today. You know I'd. I'd be pushing up daisies somewhere, I'm sure. Well, not this time of year. I'd be probably pushing up mushrooms or something. I don't know. Um, but uh, the life is in the blood, okay? And what happens with the blood, uh, I had here another case in porn. I had a, um, my father had a very good friend. We used to call him Uncle Bill. And Uncle Bill had um, Mediterranean anemia, which is another name for uh, uh, thalassemia. And because of that, his blood cells were shaped differently. And because of that, uh, they would get, um, you know, they would clog up in some of his veins uh, and cause him a heck of a lot of pain. That man was in pain more than he wasn't. And he was one of the people that death actually brought comfort to, I'm sure, you know. Um, But I could always remember them talking about Uncle Bill. You know, he wasn't feeling good and that he was sick all the time and that he had to be careful he didn't catch any colds or flus or anything else because that could be fatal in the whole nine yards. And um, so, again, it was a blood issue. His blood was not healthy. Therefore, he was not healthy. Okay. Um, You talk to people that get leukemia. You know, they, they, they get cancer of the blood, and that's... Another thing where your blood's not healthy and a person's not healthy, and a lot of times it leads to death. Thank God, many times it goes into remission and people can live many years without, you know, pain and suffering. Um, But depending on how sick your blood is, is how sick you are. Uh, The blood also is used to um, 
well, your blood cells live about 120 days. I don't know if you knew that, but they do. And that's why if you've taken a, an A1C test, it's uh, your blood, it's probably your, your A1C is probably a lot lower than what they told you because they, they go by the fact that your blood lives or not the fact, but the fallacy that your blood lives for 90 days and then it dies and it's replaced by new blood cells. Well, if your blood lives 120 days and, and they're counting the sugar content in your hemoglobin and it's, uh, it's high, well, yeah, because they're counting it for a 90-day cycle instead of 120. So if you were to change the numbers around your, your hemoglobin or your H1, A1C, excuse me, is probably normal. Um, and so I don't put much in that test. And then I've talked to doctors too, uh, cancer doctors have told me that that test is uh, pretty bogus. So it was made up by the drug company so that you would buy uh, more um medications to uh bring your blood sugar down and stuff so um anyway and i'm not saying that if you have diabetes you should stop taking that medication okay far from it but if you're borderline um diabetic and they tell you your a1c is high well you know you can play around with those numbers a little bit i feel anyway that's my opinion but it's not a medical opinion okay um okay so there we have it. The Yahweh is very concerned with our blood. Uh, and when we kill animals to eat them, we're not supposed to eat the blood. Um, can you eat your steak medium rare? Well, I don't know. I choose not to, but uh, I don't think it's going to kill you. But uh, who knows? Let's see. All right. So we looked at that. All right. So now we can go back to here and you see my ugly face. I mean, my beautiful face there again. And, um, now we're going to look at something um, about an, an Aussie doctor. Okay. So let me call that up on there. This is a, by Natural News. Aussie physician analyzes contents of, and I think that's what you're seeing, right? Yeah. Okay. You are. Okay. Aussie physician analyzes content of COVID jabs, find graphene oxide and self-assembling nanocircuits. And where's he finding them, folks? In the blood. Okay. All right. And plus, he's finding them in the um, in the vaccine itself. So, so let's take a look at this. Okay. Now I know I've done this before. I mean, we've talked about this five or six times at least. But I just keep bringing it back up because more and more people are finding this stuff. More and more uh, scientists are discovering it. And there's strength in numbers. And the more that you hear, the more that you know, and the more that you know, the more that you can get out there and tell people, hey, this is this way. Uh, you can believe any way you want to, but this is this way. And, uh, you know, I've told you the truth. So if anything happens uh, and you don't listen to me, then, uh, you know, you knew the truth. So, okay. Anyway, this is a Natural News article. Okay, and what I always do is I read the uh, the title, which I did. It was... Uh, Published on the 11th. Today's the 14th of November, um, and it was puffing. It was published by Ethan Huff. Uh, the tags, which I always love to read: bad medicine, bad health, cancer causes, censored science, COVID, dangerous medicine, David Nixon, graphene, immune system, ingredients, medical violence, microchips, nanotechnology. Pfizer, <laughs> Pfizer's in all of them, uh, research, science, description, 
or deception, science deception, self-assembling, toxins, vaccine damage, vaccine injury, vaccine wars, vaccines, and vaccines. Okay. All right, let's take a look at this article real quick here. Curious about what's really contained inside those vials that they're calling COVID vaccines? A a Brisbane doctor in Australia, a doctor by the name of David Nixon, uh, collected samples and looked at them under the microscope along with the blood of fully vaccinated patients, revealing the presence of graphene oxide and other disturbing ingredients. While the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, claims that all Wuhan Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 jabs are free from metals, such as nickel, iron, cobalt, lithium, and rare earth alloys, and manufactured products, such as microelectronics, electrodes, carbon nanotubes, and nanowire semiconductors, the fact of the matter is that simply is not true. Time-lax photography captured by Nixon revealed not only the presence of graphene oxide, but also the appearance of mechanical, mechanical arms assembling and disassembling glowing rectangular structures that look like circuitry and microchips, to quote Spectator. These are not manufactured. These are not manufactured products in the CDC's words because they're they construct and deconstruct themselves. But the formation of crystals seems to be stimulated by electromagnetic radiation, and stops when this stops when the slide with vaccine is shielded by a Faraday bag. The magazine further reported. Now, if you don't know what a Faraday bag is, let me do an aside here. Um, basically, it's uh, if you take a, a metal screen off your window and wrap it around something electric, you're creating a Faraday cage. And basically, that pre- prevents um, much of, not all, but I would say uh, close to 90% of all the electromagnetic, electromagnetic radiation that's coming out from that device. That's why some people are wrapping those things around their meters outside their houses if they have the new meters out there because the radiation that's coming off of them is uh, totally ridiculous. Um and also, um, some people, some rich people that uh, know what the future holds, they're actually lining their whole houses with uh, that material so that if there's an electromagnetic pulse, it just hits the screen and goes down into the ground. It's grounded and um, and it doesn't affect what's inside their house. Okay. Um, well, if I could afford to do that, I'd do it in a second. All right. Let's see, let's go on here. Nixon's findings are similar to those of teams in New Zealand, Germany, Spain, and South Korea. And it says related British scientists also confirmed the presence of graphene oxide in COVID injection vials. So that's an article that uh, that they've put together, and you could read that. By the way, this is coming from uh, naturalnews.com. It's about on page four of their archives. So um, they do a lot of articles every day. So they, they get to page four pretty quickly. Okay, here's a, a um, what I like to call a micro title. More than 94% of COVID vaccinated blood contains deformed cells and luminescent foreign objects. Hmm. Another similar study was conducted by an Italian group led by Riccardo Benzi Cipelli, uh, who looked at blood samples collected from more than 1,000 people who had gotten injected from the China, for the China flu about a month prior. All the patients in question were referred for analysis because they they reported some degree of side effects post-injection. Cipelli and his team hoped to figure out what had happened to these people's bodies by taking a closer look at the state of their blood. 
Ah, the blood, folks, the blood. The blood sample came from patients ranging from ages 15 to 85, all of whom received between one and three doses of the Fauci flu shot. It was discovered that a shocking 94% of samples showed abnormal readings. This included deformed red blood cells, reduced blood cell counts, and clumping around luminescent foreign objects, which attracted clusters of fibrin. Some of the foreign objects dotted dotted the blood like starry like a starry night some uh, self-assembled into crystalline structures and others uh, into spindly branches and tubes spectator further reported it is believed that scientists involved in those metal with those medical particles they they observed resembled graphene um, oxide and possibly other metallic compounds uh, these are certain things that you would want to do not want to find floating around your blood after taking an alleged medicine. They believe the damaged blood is contributing to post-vaccine coagulation disorders, which in turn contribute to increased malignancies, while graphene family materials are associated with oxidative stress, DNA change, inflammation, and damage to those parts of the immune, immune system that suppress tumors, reports, uh, reports further explain. Then we have the messenger RNA or the mRNA component of the shots, which was designed to be cloaked from the recipient's immune system. This cloaking ability is believed to, re to reduce the immune functionality of the fully jab, uh, a phenomenon also known as vaccine-induced AIDS or V-AIDS or VAIDS. Uh, when left at room temperature, mRNA vaccines were further found to spontaneously form chips and circuitry. These foreign objects were also identified in the blood samples collected from the fully jabbed. The situation is all the more alarming because there should be fewer deaths now since so many people died earlier in the pandemic, Spectator reports. There also has been a dramatic rise in people with disabilities. Want to learn more about the dangers of ineffectiveness of vaccines? Be sure to check out vaccines.news. Okay. All right. Very interesting, huh? Self-assembling circuitry. I'll try to say that one five times fast or 10 times, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, I find that very interesting because uh, why would they want to put circuitry in unless they wanted to use it somehow to convey some kind of electrical signal to you or from you? Uh, maybe it's a little spy mechanism to be able to track you wherever you go or to monitor the things that you say. Who knows, you know? But I've, you know, I've said for many years, folks, that uh, all the aluminum and stuff that's getting into people's brains, uh, that and mercury and other things. Well, mercury is a metal, right? And uh, what is an antenna made out of? It's made out of, well, it's made out of aluminum mostly these days or steel. But uh, since, since mercury is a metal, it could be mercury too, right? Um, and then we're having an increased uh, instances of uh, Alzheimer's disease and uh and different kinds of uh, memory lapses and things like that. Um, it's, uh, and then what about people with schizophrenia? You know, the perfect way to get people to hear things in their head is to construct an antenna in their heads, right? <laughs> I've often wondered because, you know, when I was younger, there were, there were, there were schizophrenics around folks. Don't get me wrong, but um, not that many of them. And um, not like today anyway. And um, a lot of people think that it's from ingesting or inhaling uh, marijuana, which does contribute to, to psychosis. It really does. 
Um, you don't have to believe me. There's plenty of studies on the internet to check that out. But um, but who's to say that uh, that those uh, toxins that are in uh, marijuana are don't have a lot of mercury or aluminum in them, you know? And and if it is more powerful, which they say it is, than it was when I was younger, then uh, that means that the the metal in it's probably more um, concentrated, or there's more of it in there. And it gets up into the brain. So it's, you know, I, I don't see any problem with a lot of schizophrenia being actually uh, the government playing mind games with people, and the, you know, to use a term that we use often, but not so much in this instance. But um, so anyway, just something to think about. And if there's a scientist out there that wants to take that on, hey, go for it and see what happens. You know, it's, uh, but I don't know. I just sit here and I think about things and, Sometimes these things come to me like this. So, okay. So let's, we've, we've read that. Okay. All right. And we're back with me again. So now we're going to go to, um, Dr. Uh, Astrid Stuckelberger, who's going to be talking about some, uh, some effects. So let's go ahead and check that out. Okay. Yep. That's her. Uh, let's go here. I'm going to see if I can make this bigger, which it looks like I can anyway, a little bit. Hmm. I guess I can't get rid of what's down here. Huh? All right. Well, let's, let's just watch and see what happens here. Yeah. So uh, when you know that the oxide graphene is an accelerator, and it can go very quickly in the tissue. And then you know that scientifically in the autopsy after death, they have they have a, a forbidden autopsy for a long time because they knew that we would not find the virus. But now the scientists are looking at the, you know, they are doing autopsy. So what they found is that the spike protein is not just in one place where you make the vacuna, they are everywhere in the body, in the organs, in the tissues, in um, in all the liquids and the and the plumbery, and uh, this is not normal. And how can it go and be transported? My hypothesis: it's the oxide graphene. So this means that if the spike protein is really toxic, it is the graphene oxide graphene who transports it everywhere. And we don't know if it is more the oxide graphene or more the spike protein that is really uh, the killer. Because actually in the autopsy of uh, sports people and even of brains, what you find is a coagulation of the blood. And it is so thick that it is not the spike protein can do that. So it's we, this is very strange. This is co uh, microcoagulation that you can measure with the test D-dimer, D-dimer, D-dimere. Okay, so that, that is the first point, is that we can look at spike protein and oxide graphene as a combination to go in the whole body and in the brain. But I'm not sure that the spike protein is really the killer, but what, what Bakhti, Professor Bakhti says is that it is creating an autoimmune, um, autoimmune reaction. But we have no proof of this because there is no spike, there is no virus isolation. So I have a doubt still about this, that, that's just oxide graphene. That now, 
I'll talk to uh, oxide graphene uh, um, afterwards uh, more. But what I want to say is that another group of scientists in Germany, uh, uh, pathologists, uh, Professor Arne Burkhardt and Professor Lange, have made with Rainer Fulmisch, the lawyer, a press conference with optic uh, electronic microscope. They have taken the vaccine uh, liquid. They have showed it on the screen. And they confirmed oxide graphene, high doses. Uh, they have confirmed metal that has nothing to do in the vaccine, experimental vaccine. It is chrome and nickel. And they have found type of parasites and also a transistor. And they said, we have to investigate what is this transistor. But when they made this um, state of, uh, of the art of what is in the vaccine, they said in the press conference that anybody, now that we have told them what is in the vaccine, anybody who is doing this experimental vaccine and enforcing it onto people will be accused on the international trial and because they're creating a crime. Because all of those components are toxic for the people. When when the, the group in research, it's like uh, detective work. So now the next group, what they did is uh, Dr. Kari Majed, Dr. Zulewski, who are, uh, you know, one is archaeologist, one was working in the laboratory of Pfizer, and uh, Dr. Uh, Ariana Love. They have also looked into this uh, in a different way. They put the parasite under the microscope with the temperature of a body. And the egg, because they found nano eggs, nano, you know, more stuff in there. And so they found that this egg with the temperature of the body would become a, a parasite would go out and it is a hydra, vulgaris. And this is a very, very strange, very worrying. We have never seen this in any book of medicine. It was said by those experts. So this is another mystery that there is more in this vaccine than we know. And they have different lots with different... Um, you know, batches with different uh, risks of dying or not. That's one thing. Now, I have to come to the, the last part is that the the last danger that we find now, and this is thank you to Professor Compra Madrid, his last report and final report is, is coming to a really, really interesting point. And it corresponds to what we call in WHO a chemical hazard. Because if you have a chemical intoxication or poisoning, it creates an infection or it creates a heart attack or it creates this and that. So what they found is that, in fact, this graphene is, uh, is, has um, a potential of power a thousand times more because the graphene is ionized. There is a ionization. I'm not an expert, but I remember the concept. There's a ionization that is a thousand times more of radiation, <clears throat> which means that they have potentialized the graphene and um, it is very sensitive to radiation. And according to the group in Spain, Quinta Columna and, and Professor Compra, in fact, people are dying of uh, acute radiation and not about anything else, uh, acute radiation. And the radiation coagulates the blood and it cannot um, be transported. And this is why the footballers 
all the sports people should stop sport if they got the vaccine because when they do the sport they accelerate their body and the the whole uh, vaccination um, ac accelerator of radiation becomes so acute that the heart stops and they fall and i tell my friends uh, who are infectious who are more always talking about the infectious disease i tell them do you really think that a footballer who drops dead on on the football uh, terrain did you think this is a virus that is infectious? It is not a virus. It's impossible. You cannot just die from a heart attack because of an, an infectious disease. It is a highly intoxicated uh, chemical. And this, we don't know more, but I'm sure we're going to find more. Um, um, so, so the fact is that um, we should not give the blood to anybody when we have a vaccine because there are nanoparticles and that those nanoparticles are the transmission of, of, of the contagious. It is the vaccine and the nanoparticles that fly. <laughs> they, they, we, we don't know yet that I, that what they're saying is that in fact, they, they, um, those nanoparticles can be transmitted like a poison, like, because the, the, that's how they want everybody to mix up. We have to be very careful with the vaccinated people because once they have vaccinated themselves with experimentally, it's it's transmitting it much more at the beginning. So it is a very, we don't know everything, but we know that the people who are vaccinated are at high risk of having a disease and also to transmit it to their partner if they are sleeping with them, if they even hold hands. I have doctors who told me that uh, even couples who just hold hands and one is vaccinated, one not. The second comes and has a high level of D-dimer and has graphene. So the graphene, the nanoparticles transmit from person to person in a very, very quick way. And this is very important that people understand that they have to detoxify their blood. And we're going to talk about this now, but to detoxify and to take away <clears throat> the potentiality of the nanoparticles of graphene. Wow. All I can say is wow to that. Um, that's amazing that you can actually catch nanoparticles and uh, spike proteins by being from somebody that's been uh, vaccinated, so to speak, or hit with the jab anyway. I don't like to call it vaccinated because a vaccine keeps things from happening. This does nothing but uh, passes stuff on to people and so on and so on and so on. Um, now, I know a lot of the knee-jerk uh, opinion of a lot of people would be, oh, well, you know, because of this, I don't want to have anything to do with my loved one that got injected. Well, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, okay? Um this is still kind of experimental. I mean, you shouldn't go around trying to be an ex a, a medical experiment by any means. But um, at the same time, you know, I think it's okay to be in the company of some of these folks, just as long as we don't get too close. Okay. Um, and then we have to trust. Uh, if we know Yahweh, we have to trust that Yahweh is going to protect us. And that's, that's the whole crux of the matter. Okay. He protects those that he loves and, um, I choose to believe that he's going to protect me when I'm around my loved ones who had have been vaccinated. So um, 
I did read an interesting report the other day, though, uh, talked about um, someone that had got in to get their fifth vaccination, their fifth one. I guess you get two and then three boosters. That's five. Um, and all of a sudden, their cats started getting um, water on the lungs, and uh, and the cats got pneumonia. So and cats are usually pretty resilient when it comes to a lot of things, and <laughs> There's a reason why they t- they say they have nine lives, but my goodness, you know, if, if that's the case, then uh, maybe we should just be a little cautious, not paranoid cautious, but just a little cautious. Anyway, uh, so you see, folks, it's it's all in the blood. It's it's. She was talking about this doctor we just talk, listened to was talking about um, it being a blood infection. You know how it. Um, it gets in the blood and it's, it's a poison in the blood and your body reacts to it. Well, yeah, your body is going to react to it. And uh, whether that reaction is, uh, is the formation of uh, these um, almost elastic uh, clots in the veins, uh, I don't know. But, you know, I think the jury's still out on a lot of this stuff and we'll, we'll get to know more later on. But until we do, it's err uh, on the side of caution, I guess. But, um, not paran- in a paranoid sort of way, okay? <laughs> because the world always already thinks that since we know the truth about this stuff, that we're, you know, conspiratorial and conspiracy, conspiracy theorists and, and everything else, and uh, that we wear uh, aluminum hats and, you know, tinfoil hats, rather, and, and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, let's not feed their psyche by um, by acting like, we're, we're actually like that, okay? Okay, so now let's see what we got here. Hour. Okay, let's see what this med. I, I can't remember exactly what this was all about. Okay, this is interesting because I got three, three things left and I only have two windows. Well, if I have to, I'll just... Uh, okay. We'll just we'll just take it as it flies. How's that sound? So let's go here. And yeah, okay. All right, this is an article, folks. Uh, again on natural news. Believe me, I don't have a natural news fetish. Okay, it's just that I find a lot of interesting stuff on there, and I read it. It makes a lot of sense. Um, Okay, so this is an article, Merit Medical Hour, Nanobots Being Found in the Bodies of Vaxxed People. And this, I guess, was found on Bright on TV. Yeah, the author is Kevin Hughes. He put it on here November 10th, 2022. That was last Thursday. And the tags are AI, AIDA, whatever that is. Um, bad Health, Bad Medicine, Big Pharma, Biotech, Bright on TV, um, dot TV, excuse me. Celeste Solem, uh, COVID-19, cyborg, dangerous medicine, graphene oxide, humanoid robots, hydroparasite. There we go again. Hydrogel ingredients. Uh, Karen Kingston, Lee Merritt, nanotechnology, pandemic, parasites, pharmaceutical fraud, Robots, transhumanism, vaccine, and Wuhan coronavirus. Okay. And for those who can't see, there's a picture here of uh, red blood cells and these little nanobots attaching themselves to the red blood cells. So, 
kind of a fanciful sort of uh, way of putting it. Okay, natural news. Investigative researcher Celeste Solom has joined the medical rebel Dr. Lee Merritt on the Merritt Medical Hour to discuss artificial intelligence, AI, and robots. During the Brighton on TV program, number November 2nd episode, Merritt shared her conversation with Pfizer employee turned whistleblower Karen Kingston. They touched on hydrogel, graphene oxide, and metals, components all found in the Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 vaccines. Kingston discovered all the patients from the hydrogel technology. Let me start over again. I got distracted. Kingston discovered all the pa- all the patents for the hydrogel technology, expressing belief that this hydrogel is an AI being distributed worldwide. Uh, meanwhile, Merritt remarked that graphene oxide is a transmitter used by nanobots in the vaccine. She added that that this AI network set up by the nanobots can be found in the bodies of people injected with COVID-19 gene treatment. In response to the medical rebels question about uh, question, whether humanity is fighting an AI, Solom answered in, in the affirmative. She revealed that the company Heterodyne patented the Hydra parasite, uh, Hydra parasite in the vaccine's hydrogel component. Merritt added that the Hydra parasite Embedded in the hydrogel was the hydrolineus organism, as the wild species found in fresh water is a hydra vulgaris. Hydroparasites contaminate aquariums, she remarked, but can easily be addressed using antiparasitic drug nitric acid. Nitric oxide, excuse me, nitric acid. Okay, uh, it's nitrous oxide. Solom and Merritt touch on robots in the commercial market. Solom uh, mentioned a humanoid robot named AIDA, Ada, I guess, uh, testifying before lawmakers at the British House of Lords. The robot created by Aidan Mueller uh, made history by becoming the first robot to speak to the British Parliament upper chamber. Ada uh, spoke to legislators from the upper chamber's communication and digital committee. And I quote here, I produce my paintings by cameras in my eyes, my algorithms and my robotic arm to paint on canvas, which results in visually appealing images. For my poetry using neural networks, this involves analyzing a large corpus of text to identify common content and poetic structures, and then using these to generate a new poem. It told Baroness, uh, yeah, Baroness Deborah Bull. Uh, how this differs to humans is consciousness. I do not have subjective experiences despite being able to talk about them. I depend on computer programs and algorithms, although although not alive, I can still create art. Ada um, concluded that technology has already had a huge impact on the way we create art and that it's a role of creating art will continue to grow. Uh, let's see, it has related AI robots already created hellish dystopia by stealing human jobs. Professor Warren's that's an article that's on here and you can click on it. If you visit this again, this is, um, natural news. It's an article on natural news. Okay. This robot was, was like, was like part human. It had our robotic arms. Um, it's an artist that looks at a picture differently. Solon said, she also mentioned a company called Sanctuary AI, which has made human-like robots. 
these robots are even smarter than the person sitting in the White House. <laughs> That's hilarious. Slocum joke, a wipe, a swipe at President Joe Biden. <laughs> <coughs> Oh, excuse me. That was a coffer. Um, definitely not trying to sell the product, I guess. <laughs> uh, follow Nick te- Neo Technology or Nanotechnology News for more about the nanobots found in COVID nineteen vaccines. Um, then there's a, a video here that you can watch. Um, November second episode of America, uh, Mer- Miracle excuse, Mer- Medical Hour below. The Medical Hour airs every Wednesday, 78 p.m. and Saturday, 2 to 3 p.m. on Bright on TV. Okay, that was that article. That was interesting. So, what do you think about that, folks? The AI is really starting to get um, get up there. But the thing is that they're trying to put AI inside of you and me and every human being on this earth. And... Uh, and they're doing it without our permission. And uh, someday they're just going to say, hey, you know, we've got this for you. It'll extend your life. It'll make you perfectly healthy. Accept it. And, hey, you'll live greatly. Uh, don't accept it. And you're not going to eat. Um, you won't, won't be able to buy or sell or anything else. And it'll be signified by putting a uh, uh, some kind of mark on your right hand or forehead. So... It might even be like a Borg thing that the the Borg have. You know, they have the little metal things, you know, on them. And so there might be a little metal thing on the right hand or um, one on the forehead. You know, that that doesn't uh, necessarily uh, leave the realms of possibility here. Okay, let's go back here. All right. Oh, no, I do. I do have both of them on here. Okay. Next, we're going to look at... um, Neural lace programming. Okay, now this is something that uh, Elon Musk is getting involved in, and that's one reason why I'm very wary about Elon Musk. Okay, um, he was seen on television in an interview. Basically, they were talking about this neural lace stuff, and and the interviewer says, oh, "Do you mean that you would need a surgery in order to put this into your brain?" And he says, "No, it can go in through the veins and arteries." Like, oh, that's not good. Anyway, so let's see what this article has to say about this, okay? And then we have one more article afterwards, and then maybe a time for discussion if we're not too tired. Okay, so there's that, and then I will go there. Okay, Neuralace and Programmable Cells. And this is on a, a website called uh, Thrivius, or Thrivus, T-H-R-I-V-O-U-S dot com. And... Uh, I'm going to be going to this site a lot because it's got a lot of neat stuff on it, uh, a lot of inf- informational stuff that we can use on our shows here and and to talk about where science is progressing. Or if you want, if you want to put it another way, they're going back to what happened before the blood, the flood. So they're uh, regressing. Okay, this was uh, published the 3rd of April, 2017. Looks like the author was Julio Prisco. And... Uh, Listen to recording. No, that's okay. It says, welcome to this new issue of Pulse, your weekly newsletter focused on human enhancement today and tomorrow, brought to you by Thrivus. Yeah, Thrivus. Elon Musk, the maverick tech, maverick tech entrepreneur who, after creating luxury uh, electric cars with Tesla motors and reusable rockets with SpaceX, plans to colonize Mars and then 
bootstrap an interplanetary civilization is working to develop operational high-speed brain-computer interface, BCI, based on a family of futuristic technologies that he calls Neuralace. Future Neuralace technology could permit sending information back and forth between the brain and a computer or the cloud at a highly uh, ultra-high bandwidth. Your phone and your computer are extensions of you, but the interface is through finger movements or speech, which are very slow, said Musk, as as reported by uh, Vanity Fair. Um, For a meaningful partial brain interface, I think we're roughly four or five years away. And that was in 2017. Add five years, it's 2022, folks. Um, That might be a little over-optimistic, but last week, scientists funded by the European Commission reported BCI advances based on graphene, Here we go again. Graphene transistor arrays for high-resolution brain imaging, which can be seen as a precursor and enablers uh, of full-blown neuralase technology. Other scientists are beginning to cross the bridge between life and computers in the other direction as well, with genetically engineered programmable cells that could one day act as tiny computers and robots within the body. Man, I hope Jesus comes back before this all happens. I don't want to be here for this. Um, Many Facebook friends liked, and some even believed, my April Fool's joke. And this was his April Fool's joke. Breaking news. In a press release still under embargo, Elon Musk's new company, Neuralink Corp., uh, reveals that signals from Neuralace implants uh, planted in a hamster's brain have been used to successfully upload the hamster's mind to a supercomputer operated by the NSA. The hamster belongs to Ivanka Trump, uh, daughter of uh, U.S. President Donald Trump, who, according to familiar people familiar with the matter, is first in line for upcoming human trials. I think my 2017 April Fool's joke could be could be a reality in say 2047 for hamsters in the lab and for a few decades later for humans in the street. We might have to wait a little longer for promised research advances in neural lace and programmable cells to become medical reality for therapy and enhancement, but other forms of enhancement could become practical reality sooner and, for example, allow older women to become pregnant by having their ovaries rejuvenated. Okay. Um, the future is marching towards us, perhaps even running. If you find your if you find that stressful, um, you could talk to your doctor about medical marijuana, whose stress uh, anti-stress properties have been confirmed by a recent study. Okay, new experimental treatment seems to rejuvenate ovaries and allow older women to get pregnant. Researchers at the Genesis Athens Clinic in Greece have found ways to allow menopausal women through thought to be infertile to become pregnant using their own eggs, uh, New Science reports. The scientists have used a technique that seems to rejuvenate ovaries, but how that happens isn't clear at the moment. The researchers are now planning to planning clinical trials in Greece and the United States. Um, if these research findings are confirmed and shown to work in practice, the treatment could be developed to enable older women to get pregnant. I don't know how many older women would actually want that, but um, okay. There's another word, uh, another uh, short article here. Uh, that's part of this article. Um, 
Androgynous cannabinoids play a critical role in stress re resilience. Scientists at Vanderbilt University Medical Center have discovered that a molecule that activates cannabinoid receptors in the brain boosts the ability to adapt to repeated and acute exposures to traumatic stress. The research results published in Nature Communications, which is open access, um, show that in endogenous cannabinoid to, uh, oh my God, um, arachne hydro, hydroxyglycerol or 2-AG plays a critical role in stress resilience. Uh, in a study uh, conducted with lab mice, increasingly increasing 2-AG supply has been found to promote stress resilience also in mice previously susceptible to stress. The findings which seem to confirm that the benefit of therapeutic marijuana use could open a door to treatment and prevention of mood and anxiety disorders. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Another short um, snippet here. Elon Musk's new company, Neuralink, wants to develop visionary brain implants. Elon Musk, the superstar futurist and entrepreneur who founded and runs Tesla Motors and SpaceX, wants to merge human brains and computers next. World Street, a Wall Street Journal reports uh, Tesla Motors Club has a uh, non-paywalled copy of the Wall Street Journal article. Musk uh, co-founded Neuralink Corp uh, to pursue Neuralace technology, brain implants that may one day upload and download thoughts. The first um, iteration of Neuralace technology could consist of a thin and flexible tissue-like electronic chips rolled up in a needle injected into the brain and then unrolling and bending within the brain's neural circuitry, blending within the brain's neural circuitry. Uh, the Wall Street Journal spoke with Neuralink co-founder Max Hodak and Boston University professor Timothy Gardner, who joined the company. Uh, Brian uh, Johnson, the wealthy founder of online payments company Braintree, uh, launched a well-funded startup called Kernel to pursue similar developments. Uh, flexible graphene probes uh, record brain activity at high resolution. Uh, researchers associated with graphene flagship project of the European Commission have developed flexible devices based on graphene field uh, effect transistors for recording brain activity in high resolution. The research work published in 2D materials shows that uh, the array of 16 graphene-based transistors, each with an active area of less than a cross-section of human hair, arranged on a flexible substrate and placed on the surface of the brain, permit recording of neural activity and detecting electrical fields generated when neurons fire. The researchers suggested that this technology could lay the foundation for a future generation of in vivo, uh, that means in the body, transplants, uh, for therapeutic brain stimulation technologies and interfaces for sensory and motor devices. Of course, hidden between the lines of this aseptic uh, bureaucraties favored by the European Commission, there's the prospect of visionary technologies like Neuralace. Okay, last paragraph. Synthetic biologists advance towards programmable mammalian cells. Scientists uh, led by uh, Wilson Wong, a scientific biologist at Boston University have found ways to genetically engineer the DNA of mammalian cells uh, by carrying out a complex computations, in effect, turning the cells into biocomputers. 
By cutting, pasting, and reassembling DNA strands, the researchers build 113 different circuits, each designed to carry a different logical operation with a 96.5% success rate. The study published in Nature, um, the study published in Nature Biotechnology, has been covered by Wire, Wired. Um, the researchers hope the programmable, programmable cells will have a big impact on medicine, for example, on improving the immune system uh, with artificial genetic circuits that detect and wipe out tumors or synthetically generated biological tissues on demand. Mamma mia. Wow. That was something else. That was, I think I just like giving birth to... Um, a Neuralink injection. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway, folks, that was pretty interesting. But again, they're talking about messing around with human physiology and uh, and the human brain. You know, it's. Um, I think that science has gone too far. I, and I think they're only going to get worse. So I don't know. Call me wrong if you want, but that's what I see happening. All right, so let's get out of this. All right, we got one more to go, folks. You know, for a person that hated reading in class when I was in high school, I, I really enjoy this. So um, thank you for your, uh, your grace when it comes to me making little tiny mistakes here and there. All right, so next we're going to look at chromosome fusion enables accelerated evolution. Here we go again, folks. Accelerated evolution. They want to make us different. Okay. All right. I got to see how long this is. Okay. It's not very long. I can tolerate that. Okay. This was published the 27th of September, 2022. Uh, again, by Julio Prisco. Let's see. Chinese scientists have developed a new technique for programmable uh, chromosome fission, fusion. Excuse me. And they're, they've used a new technique in a laboratory to produce mice with genetic changes that occur in a one in a million year that occur on a million year evolutionary scale. One of the goals is uh, in synthetic biology is to generate complex and multicellular life with designed DNA sequences. Uh, write the scientists in uh, in a paper published by Science. Um, okay. Being able to manipulate DNA at large scales, included, including at the chromosomal level, is an important step towards this goal. Before this work, chromosomal level genetic engineering had been accomplished only in yeast. But now the scientists apply gene editing and embryonic stem cells that produce laboratory mice with 19 pairs of chromosomes, one pair fewer than, constant, than standard in the species. A press release issued by the Chinese Academy of Sciences emphasizes that findings indicate that the chromosomal level engineered can be achieved in mammals, and they provide critical insight into how chromosomal uh, rearrangements can influence evolution. Some engineering, <laughs> some engineering <clears throat> mice showed abnormal behavior in postnatal overgrowth, whereas others exhibited decreased uh, Fecundity um, suggests uh, that although the uh, change of genetic Im information was limited, fusion of animal chromosomes uh, could have profound effects, says uh, Lee 
Sikon, uh, co-founder, uh, co-first author of the paper in the press release. Lee, spelled L-I, adds that the um, findings show that chromosomal rearrangement is the driving force behind species evolution um, and important in reproductive isolation, providing a potential route for large-scale engineering of DNA in animals. That's kind of scary. And mammals, excuse me. Um, using CRISPR. Now, let me explain what CRISPR is, okay? <laughs> okay, CRISPR is defined as a family of DNA sequences found in genomes of prokaryotic uh, uh, organisms such as bacteria and archaea. Um, these sequences are derived from DNA fragments of bacteriophages or bacteria cells, which had previously infected the prokaryote. Um, they are used to detect and destroy DNA from similar bacteriophages um, during subsequent infections. Okay, that's the definition. Hope you got something from it. Oh, geez. hold on a second, folks. No. Oh. You got these dogs, folks. Every time they hear something outside, they go berserk. Okay, anyway, let me get back to the article. Okay, the explainer notes that gene editing is like copy editing, change the typo here and there, or fixing multiple grammatical errors with carefully placed tweaks. I don't have anything to throw at my dogs. There, found something. It was an empty box, so it didn't hurt them, okay? Okay, the explainer notes that gene editing is like copy editing, changing a typo here or there, fixing or fixing multiple grammatical errors with carefully placed tweaks. But the chromosomal level genetic engineering is like rearranging multiple paragraphs or shifting complete sections of an article and simultaneously hoping the changes add capabilities that can be passed on to the next generation. In other words, folks, it's a guessing game. Okay. We're going to take this and put, put it there and see what it does. <laughs> okay. That's scary. This means that for the first time in the world, we have achieved complete chromosomal rearrangement in mammals, making a new breakthrough in synthetic biology, said Lee, as reported by South China Morning Post. I submit to you, Mr. Lee, that it is not the first time that it happened before the flood. Okay. Uh, this research is a breakthrough in bioengineering techno technology helpful to helping to understand uh, the impact of large-scale remodeling of mammalian chromosomes and to gain a deeper understanding of the molecular mechanisms behind growth and development, reproductive revolution, and even the creation of a species. Ooh, even the creation of a species, folks. Is that what they're after? I know they're after changing us. Maybe it's to change us into a new um, a new creature. Hmm. The scientists are persuaded that this new technology could help could also help find cures to conditions like infertility and diseases like cancer uh, because it lets science observe and control the complex activities of chromosomal and mammalian cells. It seems clear that new discoveries of technique uh, techniques in DNA engineering, are piled up with an accelerating pace and their impact is very likely to be deep. Okay. 
So mankind is messing around, folks, with things they should not be messing around with. And what will be the result? Well, I don't know. But I do know that uh, animals like the centaur and the monitor and um, oh, the cyclops and every other thing that the Greeks talked about and the Romans later took on um, probably was not the figment of some religious imagination, but was uh, really the byproduct of uh, mixing species and mixing genes and stuff like that. So um, if they did it, Prior to the flood, they'll be able to do it again. Yeshua said that when he comes back, it's going to be like the days of Noah. And that happened during the days of Noah. So something to think about anyway. Um, anyway, so last week, last show, we talked about how they're trying to change us. And this show is basically kind of the same, I guess. But um, <coughs> it's through gene manipulation and through that thing that... Um, the neural ace that uh, that uh, Elon Musk is involving himself with. And, uh, you know, I've got a lot of respect for the guy. He's bold. He's innovative. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's willing to get out there and take a chance with a bunch of things. But, you know, there's something that you just have to, sometimes you just have to draw the line and say, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, I, everybody thinks he's a great human being to begin with, you know, and, is he trying to get people to think he's even a greater human being than what they think already? Or um, is he really involved with the Gateses and the uh, world economic forums of this world, uh, kind of uh, in a cloaked sort of way, um, having the, their power, but denying um, having a form of WEP, but denying the power thereof, so to speak, while all the time they would acknowledge each other if they had to. So, um, you know, it, it kind of makes me a little nervous about Musk when we're talking about um, him getting into uh, changing DNA and um, into rolling up things into syringes and injecting them in through a vein. You know, that's uh, that's not normal stuff. You know, that's uh, stuff he probably shouldn't be messing around with, but uh, he would never listen to me. So I'm just piping off to you. So, um Again, they're trying to change us or they're trying to destroy us, one of the two. And uh, this, uh, what they're talking about, or we talked about tonight, is just a, another way of trying to change us and make us into something better. And um, I don't know if I pulled any women and asked them if they would want to have kids over the age of 60. I think they'd all tell me no. You know, um, and, <laughs> you know, it's, it, don't fix it if it ain't broken, you know, and, and you know, darn well that if, uh, if they use these technologies to find a cure for what were they talking about? Uh, tumors. Um, it's not going to be able to be used. Somebody will buy the patent and, uh, they'll get lost somewhere. I think that they, um, personally, I think that they cured cancer a long time ago, but, uh, somebody bought it because the drug companies wouldn't make money if everybody's healthy. Right. Um, so, being being an altruist is is a good thing but at the same time when thinking that your your product is going to be used uh, by someone for something good is uh is something that very rarely happens nowadays you know so anyway we've run through a lot of stuff again tonight folks and um 
So there's a lot of things for you to mull over and uh, to draw your own conclusions and, um, and me also. Um, so, uh, you know, think on these things and see what you come up with. But uh, again, those of us who believe in Yahweh and Yeshua, um, we, I have really no fear about all this stuff. You know, it's, um, it's going to happen. It's got to happen in order for Messiah to come back. Okay, the world's got to grow more and more wicked, uh, wicked beyond anything you could ever imagine. And and uh, basically, humankind has to burn itself out. And when that happens, uh, Mashiach will come back and uh, take over everything and then reign for a thousand years. And it'll be a good place to live again on this planet. Um, so that being the case, folks, I'm going to say good night. Uh, Anyway, uh, should be back uh, Thursday with Brian, okay? Uh, hopefully his pup is doing better. I'll call him tomorrow and find out. Um, and then I've asked Ralph if he wanted to come on next Saturday, so we will do that on Saturday and um, and go from there. But um, anyway, um, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he watch your going out, your coming in, your rising up, and your lying down. May he bring you that peace that passes all understanding. And then what more do we need in this world than peace that passes all understanding? And may he show himself to you in ways that you've never known him before. And if you don't know him, I pray that he'll lead himself to you or lead you to him. And uh, that you'll be able to join us in uh, in a wonderful time in heaven soon to, soon to be coming in Yeshua's holy name. Amen. And amen. Good night, folks. Be blessed. See you Thursday. <laughs>